Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. I'm very excited today because uh, most of you people know that I'm generally in the rock and roll industry and I've been doing all, my, all that I can to reach out to people outside of the, the rock and touring industry because I, I feel like I feel that lighting is more about the emotions and the impact that we have than, than necessarily how we present it. Uh, lighting can present art in so many different ways, in so many different fashions, in so many different genres and venues. So I've been making a very cognizant effort to reach out to as many people who, are, who share our passion, but we wouldn't normally run into them out on the road or at Coachella in, in quite the same way. So I reached out to a very good friend of mine and he recommend uh, one of his dear friends. So this is a, a new expanding of the circle for me. For me. Uh, his name is Al Crawford. He is a Knight of Illumination award-winning lighting designer and CEO at Arc3 Design, as well as the lighting designer at Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. Thank you so much for taking time to sit with me today, Al. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Chris. Nice to meet you. My, the pleasure is all mine, I, I assure you. Like I said in my little uh, preview there, I'm doing my very best to expand my circle of information and, and knowledge. And uh, Brandon Sterling Baker was very kind to recommend you to, that maybe we should sit down and chat for a little bit. Can you kind of fill me in a little bit on how you got into the industry at first and then uh, and kind of where you're hoping to go with, with lighting? I know that's a huge question there, but uh, let's, yeah. let's start with the origin story. Absolutely. Happy to. Um, and of course, thank you to Brandon for recommending me. He's, um, it's been amazing to watch his career flourish uh, when I first met him as an intern coming to the Ailey Company uh, through the Gilbert Hemsley Lighting Program, and then ultimately to see his career uh, blossom and soar, if you will. So I'm super proud of him and a big fan. So. Absolutely. So my history uh, really started as a young, um, you know, artist student uh, in my teenage years uh, doing theater. Uh, I was an actor, singer, dancer, uh, musician, visual artist, kind of that kid who did everything, uh, but didn't really want to hone in or zone in on anything. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, my, my family pulled their pennies together and sent me off to a boarding high school called Interlock and Arts Academy. That's in Northern Michigan. And I went to the academy there and I was, again, I was an acting major and I was still studying dance and ballet and uh, modern dance and visual art. And I, I, I went there just kind of the way I was coming out of middle school, wanting to do everything. And I had somebody I really, really respected, a teacher, 
uh, there that said, um, gave me some advice and said, I think, I think you should take a lighting class, a lighting design class in the, in the theater program. And I didn't really understand at first, but she said, you know, I think that it will allow you to connect the dots. So I did, I took this class and no pun intended, or maybe there is, I saw the light. I but realized, right. I realized very quickly that I didn't have to choose that I could be involved in theater, live performance, opera, dance, ballet, modern, visual art, architecture, music, all these things that I connected with as a young boy um, that were, you know, making me feel something that, that was, was my passion then. Um, I could do all of those things. And I was kind of a technical nerd, like I loved electronics. And uh, so I, I, suddenly there was a way for me to mix this aesthetic art, emotional side of me, and the sort of technology, toy, nerdy kid on the other side. And I blended those two things and all of these other genres and became a lighting artist, right? And so um, after high school, uh, during high school, I was lighting plays and, and sort of shifted my focus to lighting design. And then I went to the North Carolina School of the Arts in Winston-Salem, North Carolina for my undergraduate. And there's where I really trained um, to be a lighting designer. And that program whom I'm still very much connected with, I'm a, a visiting artist there, um, as well as a board of trustees member of the school. So I'm still quite connected with them. But it really put me on a path of, of having a professional lighting design career. Um, I fell in love with dance primarily while I was in school there, uh, the lighting of dance, I should say. And uh, got a lot of opportunities to light dance and meet choreographers that were guests that came to the school. Um, I fell in love with a, a, a dance company at the time during my college years and sort of high school as well, called the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. And as you may know, they're one of the most popular dance companies in the world. Mm -hmm. And I had a dream to become the lighting director there and to work there and create there and design there uh, because I saw the company and I realized that I had never seen anything with that level of aesthetic, of that level of professionalism from the dancers to the music, to the sound, to the stage. It was so crafted and so considered and so beautiful and so powerful. It, 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 it was everything that I wanted. So I came up with a strategic plan. Uh, I moved to New York. I started working for every lighting designer I could meet that had worked at the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. I learned everything I could about dance and worked in downtown dance and worked um, you know, for, for a number of different companies. Uh, and then an opportunity came and I entered uh, at the Alvin Ailey Company. I interviewed and uh, I got it. And so fast forward here, uh, 23 years, I've been the lighting director of the Ailey Company uh, and have dozens of ballets and worked in over 67 countries, traveled the world many, many, many times. So um, that's, that's the sort of Ailey side of things and how I sort of got to New York and lighting dance. 23 years, congratulations. Thanks. People look at me funny when I put it on applications and things like, cause you know, it says, how long have you been at your job? And I, and I get to write, you know, 23 years. And they're like, is that a typo? I'm like, no, it's not a typo. <laughs> Did you mean 2.3? Yeah, exactly. 23. No, 23, that's have, for real. Yeah, that is for real. So, and, and you know, we're still kicking it, you know, obviously right now in the crazy world that we live in, it is a complicated thing to create art in America. 
Um, yes. Uh, we're all trying to find our way to do that successfully and to get our, our the beauty and the message and the edu you know the, the our education out to uh, the masses and uh, do it in a way that um, makes money. You know, art and commerce yeah. is is important. Um, and so very intertwined. Yeah. So you know, we're we're, we're the Ailey Company. We're all trying to figure that out. So you know. Okay. Um, so, uh, so let's back up just a little bit. It sounds like yeah. your parents were actually semi-supportive of this idea of you uh, getting into this industry. Oh, I was so lucky. I was. <laughs> I was. I am. I am blessed. I was born into an amazing, amazing family. Right. I'm from North Carolina. Uh, my mother. Um, who passed many years ago was just, you know, my biggest fan. Uh, she did get to see me move to New York and see the Ailey company and see that level of success, which was amazing. Um, and, you know, my father is a musician, uh, a very, very successful professional musician with many Grammy awards. Um, and uh, so I followed in the footsteps of an artist in my life uh, that I've been inspired by right at home uh, and continue to be. Uh, and again, my huge, my biggest fan, right? So, uh, so yeah, I've been really lucky to have a team um, of my parents right by my side the whole way. That's cool. A lot of people who end up in the in in our industry are usually the ones that are the ones that have run away to join the circus or something, and their parents really don't get it. There's I, all too often I hear the story like my parents had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. So it's refreshing to hear the opposite story for once in a while. They're just you know, no, my parents knew that this was a legitimate profession that could generate an income. Or not, because it wasn't about the income at the time. It didn't have anything to do with, will he be, you know, a poor starving artist the rest of his life? That wasn't even a consideration, is does this make my child happy? Oh, that's even better. That's, right? uh, that so that's, really is the top concern for any Yeah, parent. that's where it came from, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, God bless America. Uh, I was able to build a business and a career that has allowed us to, you know, to build uh, a career and to make money and to provide for my family and for my employees, et cetera. So, no. Actually, that is a perfect lead in to my next question. I get asked a lot of questions about when it's time to consider this a full time business because as freelancers, we, we can be very successful, but we can't really get the same. Uh, we can't fill out anything on a, on a job application or a loan application saying like, yeah, well, I've had a job for 23 years. It's always been, I've been 1099 here. I've been W nine there. When did you decide it was time to be like, wow, this is a real thing and I need to incorporate or LLC or, when did you decide that was necessary? Absolutely. So, you know, I would say if you sort of look at my career as, let's say, a 25-year uh, period at this point, um, I would say about five years into my career of freelancing, as just as you say, working for everybody and his brother, 1099, money under the table, scratch your back, I scratch yours, like all those games, right? And, and not making any real money or making any leeway. Um, and being at the Ailey Company at the same time touring, oh, man. which which was, you know, a thing. Um, but that's the hustle. You have to figure out how do I how do I juggle all of these balls at the same time it for with the ability to not only 
uh, make money, but to do as many things and be involved as many things so my career could continue to grow, et cetera. So, so I kind of focused on Ailey and one job uh, once I got that Ailey job, let's say about two or three years of freelancing, I got the Ailey gig. I focused on it for five, six, seven years of just touring, really just doing that one job. And then I realized, okay, I, I really want to do some other things. I'm really interested in events, high-end special events, um, weddings, uh, brand strategy events, launch events, uh, film premieres, et cetera, right? This is, this is a, a market. This was almost 20 years ago, seven, 16, 17 years ago, maybe, where this is something I was interested in. But I didn't want to leave Ailey. I love the Ailey company. I love the touring. Uh, most importantly, I love my, my Ailey family, my work family there. And, you know, it was something I wanted to continue. And, and to be honest, I wanted my cake and eat it too, right? So <laughs> God bless the people that I work for and uh, work around. They supported me in, in to be able to do as many things as I could without putting the Ailey company at risk. Uh, I was surrounded by a really great team at Ailey, both in production and my lighting team. Uh, to allow myself to have the flexibility to do some other things. So to your original question, um, I would say after about five, six, seven years of freelancing, I started doing this more, you know, uh, special event work and trying to do it myself. And I realized that I needed an assistant. So I got an assistant. And then I realized I got more calls and I realized I needed two assistants because I can't be at three places at the same time as much as I want to, you know, I try, right? I can't teleport. I'm only one man. I only have a hundred percent of bandwidth, right? So yep. I needed two systems. Then I needed three. Then I needed a fourth. <laughs> then I needed a fifth that I was only using every once in a while. Then I realized I don't have the time to do the payroll. I don't have the time to write these people checks, right? I, mm -hmm. I don't have the time to chase the money for people that owe me for doing the work that we did. So then I had a company. Right. And so then I got an LLC at the time, simple as I possibly could. I uh, got a checking account with a business account. I got a business credit card, started to build the idea around a business that was not Al Crawford. It was people were coming for Al and his colleagues. Mm -hmm. Right. And it became 15 years of building a, a business around a lighting artist myself, but, but trying to build it to be bigger than one man, right? right? To make it about a team, to make it about a group, uh, an idea, a philosophy, an approach, uh, a feeling. My art, my clients, if some of these are, if some people are listening to me, I think that they would be shaking their head yes right now. They call me because of how they feel. I believe in my heart, they choose us because they feel something and they trust. And, and I, I know this is the case for so many people and artists, not just me. I always say, you want your clients to not be able to imagine doing this job without you. That's a great philosophy. So that's how I built a company and continued to travel around the country, build relationships by traveling with the Ailey company and touring, building these relationships with theaters, performing arts centers, companies, uh, creative agencies, starting to do projects with all of them. And then when you start to have 15, 17, 20 clients that are doing five, seven, 10 projects a year, you have a company. Yeah. And you, and you can then forecast. And when you can finally forecast, and we're talking about annual projects, 
when you can finally understand that you have clients that have annual projects, birthday parties happen every year, baby. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. These big, you know, and I say this respectfully, these big clients, once they start doing these kinds of parties and events, they happen every year, right? Galas happen every year. Um, fundraisers happen every year. And so once you establish a trusting relationship that you do good work and you can forecast that these projects are likely to happen, you can do things like get a studio, you know, mm-hmm. uh, get insurance. Right? Of course you have to have insurance, <laughs> but you can know that you're going to have insurance, right? Oh, that seems um, so adulty though. <laughs> I know, right? Um, you can know that you're going to be able to pay for the copier, that you're mm-hmm. going to be able to pay uh, you, the principal is that I can abs- actually pay myself a salary every month and know mm-hmm. that I can meet that salary number and the needs of my company every month. Right. And so forecasting suddenly became the ability to actually run a company, not necessarily make one, but to run it and grow it. That's great. It sounds like you have always been a natural collaborator then. It sounds like you've always welcomed a team effort. Oh, absolutely. Collaboration is everything. You know, I, I mean, if you're, if it's not a team effort, you're sitting in a vacuum in a room by yourself. And what fun is that? Like I do theater and events and lighting and everything because I enjoy the people, Mm -hmm. you know, that I, I would say right now in this crazy pandemic where people aren't generally working and you know, there's not a whole lot of work for live entertainment. Um, Okay. Sure. Do I, do I miss making commerce and and money to build the business and pay people? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But number one is I miss the people. I miss being around everyone. I miss the conversations and the inspirations and the, and the arguments and the disagreements. I miss all of that. You know, I I share that with you. Yeah. Yeah. That is what our, that's the heart and soul of our industry, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. uh, I, and I love these, uh, these digital interactions. Uh, the 2d version of Al Crawford is, is very inspiring, but it's, it's not the same as the, the full 3d version of Al Crawford, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, and, uh, you know, this pandemic is a lot more 3d than it was before. So yeah, (laughs) I think we've all gained weight a little. Yeah. Uh, to go back a little bit, you had mentioned how, tedious the business side of our industry can get there is a lot to do and once people start their business they they it's really easy to get lost in the weeds and you're like oh my god all i wanted to do was make lights i wanted to make lecos as sharp as possible <laughs> now all i'm doing is payroll and finding the best uh, insurance rates and paying taxes and stuff how do you encourage people like, hey, you got to find somebody else who's better at that than yourself so that, to, to keep your passion alive? Well, I would have to say that I, I haven't mastered that with my own company yet. <laughs> Me I mean, neither. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, yes, I do have somebody who's really good at it, but I'm still thinking about maybe, maybe I'm not focused on the taxes and the payroll, but I'm, I'm so focused on business development right? I'm focused on trying to get the next project and establish the next relationship uh, with another client and build opportunities, right? That I'm not 
so I'm not as focused on the creative side of the project itself as much as I want to be. And so I, I, you know, this pandemic and this pause in our work process has allowed me to really think, I think all of us to think about how we work and, and what we think about our careers and all that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, coming out of this, you know, something that's really important to me is I'm a lighting designer and I want to do lighting design. I don't want to just create opportunities for others to do lighting design. I love doing it. So how do I, and I'm not saying I have the answers here, Chris, but how do I, or, or do you, or you do And If you do tell me, I don't, um, I have lots, but, I have way more questions than answers, but how do I do lighting design me personally and still be able to grow the company and, and, grow relationships and all the things. So yes, I've been bogged down as you using your words in a lot of that. And so my advice is, you know, sometimes it takes a a big pause or a big reset button or Mm -hmm. to step back and say, how do I, how do I put this in a different gear? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know the answer either. I, I, I asked that question quite often, you know, how do we, deal with the business side of the entertainment business, uh, the industry, you know, and it's mm-hmm. when we get into it with huge Al Crawford aspirations of just like, man, I'm just a kid in school who wants to integrate all these different artistic ideas that I have in my head. And then you get to, you realize the, the, the business side, it's, it's a lot to take on, it but, is. but you have to get through it. You, you can't continue to the next level without, defeating each subsequent uh, step there. Yep, totally. Um, And I'm kind of excited about the rebuild that's about to happen. Uh, I'm terrified and excited at the same time. Not about my own career because, you know, I I know that I will work and there will be things to do and that'll be fine. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm excited to see what it looks like what our industry looks like, what, what event live entertainment looks like. I'm excited, you know, I'm terrified, but I'm excited about it. Like, I think that if you don't, uh, if you're not willing to look at things with a different eye ever, not even during a crazy situation like we're in right now, Uh you'll, you'll never progress. So here we are being forced to do that. And only those that will, that have the ability and the vision and the flexibility to see things differently will survive. Absolutely. It's very Darwinian that, that way that well. <laughs> uh, the, the more adaptations that we're willing to, to work with, then the, the more we can continue to thrive. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see how people are shifting. Uh, and I get sad when I see people having to pivot out but I, a lot of them, are, they're not pivoting that far out. In fact, they're pivoting just far enough that when things return to normal, they're going to bring all new viewpoints and all new mm. skill sets into our industry. I love that. That, that makes me so optimistic. Um, a good friend of mine pivoted out just far enough to be a financial advisor 
And I can't say that we, we don't need more financial advisors in our industry, you know? Yeah, you better believe it. If yeah. he goes out, learns some financial advising strategies and brings them back to our industry and helps us out, man, that I am all for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing people who pivoted out as far as uh, drone photography and they're coming back. I'm like, let's, let's get more of that. Let's get a lot mm-hmm. more of that in our industry. Uh, I don't, I'm with you though. I don't know what the new normal is going to look like. Uh, I've, I've heard lots of different speculations, but how do you, how do we create closeness without, while being socially distant? You know, uh, have you seen anything going on recently where people are really pushing the envelope? Well, I would have to say, you know, the thing that it's on the forefront right now in my mind um, is, you know, it's live performance being done online, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, right now with the Ailey company, um, you know, we are struggling. I don't say struggling. We're being inspired and focusing on <laughs> developing. Uh, um, Good words. What, yeah. What our, what our, our, our New York December season will look like. Because normally we spend five weeks doing, um, you know, nine performances a week, um, five weeks of rep at New York City Center, 26 ballets and repertory, huge, huge season with audiences. And it's also just, you know, straight up where we make our money for the year and, and we do really well there and it's important, right? So how do we translate um, what we normally do into this current reality? And so we're brainstorming heavily uh, what our New York season will look like because we will not be doing a season with an audience. So, uh, you know, I've seen, yeah. So yeah. I've seen, yeah, I've seen so many companies, American Ballet Theater, New York City Ballet, um, you know, different companies that are doing these, these uh, performances online, um, which have been great and inspiring. And I've loved all of that. Um, you know, the, the shtick, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but for, you know, the spring sort of gala season, was let's record dancers dancing in their living rooms and cut it all together. And it's, you know, look, everybody did it from home. Like, it's really cool and Mm -hmm. beautiful at the same time. But it's everybody doing it at home. And that is only, that, that for me, and I'm talking about my own personal aesthetic and choices, that was cool for a moment in time. It's a Band-Aid for sure. It was for a moment in time for the spring. We have to move past that. Agreed. So that's what we're doing. We are going, yes, there may be some fun things at home just to play off of that, but yeah. there are things that we can do. We can work with filmmakers to create beautiful dance film. We can, uh, you know, light these things in a way that, that translate what the live performance might feel like into the home. We can digitally paint them. We can use digital backgrounds and, and filters and things that we can't do in live performance. So, so, you know, my hope and desire is that we are, we push the envelopes of the digital realm of this window that everyone is looking into to see our work, uh, that we push our professionalism, our creative inspiration. Uh, and so that, you know, we just turn this reality into um, a, a, a something that pushes us into a creative realm that we've not uh, explored. And I'm excited for that. And I know that uh, my colleagues at Ailey are as well. So, uh, 
you know, we don't know what that season looks like completely yet, but I guarantee you knowing uh, what the Ailey company has done for 60 years that we will not disappoint. (laughs) Man, that is really refreshing to hear. That is so inspirational and motivational to just know that there are people like yourself that are just like, no, nothing can stop us. We are going to continue to strive and push and we're going to make people feel things no matter where they're at, how we're going to reach them. We don't know yet, but we're going to, we're going to do it. And I have no doubt by December, we're all going to be celebrating because we're going to have a new president. (laughs) (laughs) I digress very quickly. (laughs) We, uh, yeah, we, we might have a new uh, vice president as well who might be the future. I'm very excited about our future vice president. Who, might, who very likely will be our future president. <laughs> we can totally go into that a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things I'm seeing as a theme for you is that you have, and tell me if I'm wrong, almost an inability to say no to projects. It sounds like you're a, a yes person, or at least a default yes person. I don't know if it's a default yes. It, might, it used to be. Right. Okay. And, okay. And That's I, fair. I, I would say that um, in the building of of a career, you do have to say yes a lot. Right. You do have to um, get in the room and try to do the things that you uh, don't necessarily feel comfortable with, and do as much of it as possible because you don't know necessarily what the value is going to be. And uh-huh. I don't mean value money wise. I mean value connections. Um, uh, opportunities, inspiration for new projects. Like there's lots of value uh, points for me for a project, right? Uh-huh. And so back in back when I first started the company, yeah, sure, I said yes all the time. Um, you kind of have now, to when you're starting. You kind of do, right? And yeah. so now it's, um, now the yes is uh, that are pu- gonna push me in a, in, a, in a area that I might not necessarily be comfortable. Uh, because that I know is going to pull the work out of me that it's going to be the best and my, and my team. Um, sure. Do I say yes to things that I know will help pay the rent? You better believe it. Right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's just pure honesty. And if anyone tells you otherwise, they're, you know, I hope that they're rich and they don't have to work. But <laughs> that's not, not me. That's not me. And they're not in the arts. Right. Yeah. So sure. We take jobs because they pay. Right. And they do things, but, but I, I do, and even more so now moving forward, you know, I do have a criteria for saying yes or no. And that criteria is what is it going to gain me um, from, a, from a personal perspective, from a creative perspective? Uh, what is it going to tax me? Uh, I don't mean money, like emotionally. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I have clients I don't like. <laughs> Thank you for being vulnerable and honest there. Like- yeah. You yeah, better believe it. You better believe clients, it. Yeah. I have clients I don't like. I'm not going to say and if you're, who they and are, if you're but... out. No, if, I'm not either. But if you're out there listening, just think about it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're one of my clients. You think yeah. About it. No. I, and you know what? We don't have to love each other. It's okay. Like, yeah. You know, as long as we can do our gigs and we can get along and get through them um, and do creative work, we don't have to love each other. We don't. Right. So I have clients I don't necessarily prefer, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to work with them because they're good at their gigs and, yeah, you know, and sometimes hey. I'm just happy to take their money. 
know, hey. that that too That's makes me feel good. I'll, yeah, if you, uh, I don't love all my clients. I have, I like to believe I have mutual respect for a vast majority of them, but at the same time, I I enjoy taking some of their money. Thank you. Why I'm not? That from yes. you. <laughs> and uh yeah i share that with you yeah, that's it's, uh it's not something i would ever put on my business card that i don't mm-hmm. uh, love all my clients but at the same time right. i i want to serve all my clients that's it and yeah. they don't necessarily love me <laughs> <laughs> that, but I, mean, I think i think you know again i'm not calling anybody out here but <laughs> I, I think that that's true like it's okay we don't have to be best friends you're hiring me because I'm really good at what I do. <laughs> right? I yeah. I make you money. I save you money. I make you look good. I make you look, feel comfortable. We don't have to go to dinner. <laughs> right? It's okay. We don't have to be best friends. Yeah. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. A lot of my clients I love and I'm close to and all that. Yeah. So, I'm just, you know. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's a thing. It's not a criteria, but back to your original question. I am not a yes man uh, anymore necessarily. That's a good um, place to be. Yeah. I, I often will say yes because the people that call me uh, in general are the people that I like and want to work with or have the projects that are interesting to me. So I often say yes because those are the people that are calling me. Okay. Uh, so speaking of saying yes, when did you first uh, take a job outside of dance, which was your original passion, your initial passion? Mm. When did that expand to architecture and uh, ballrooms and weddings and birthdays? Yep. Uh, so I would say uh, around, again, five-ish years working at Daily Company, uh, I had a client who's now a very close friend. Uh, I can name his name. His name is David Mon. Um, amazing uh, event producer, designer, artist, um, author, uh, just brilliant man. And he was a he was a big Ailey fan and would see the Ailey company a lot. Uh, and he became a fan of my work, uh, my lighting work on many ballets. And he reached out to me one day and he said, uh, you know, I don't know if you know who I am, but you know, and of course I did because I was following and learning about the events world. Um, and he's one of the top event designers in the plant on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he said, you know, I'm a big fan of your work. And I don't know if you know what I do. And he explained a little bit, of course, I did. Um, would you be interested in doing uh, a project with me and talking to me about doing something? And of course, I was ecstatic and interested. And, and um, it turned out to be uh, a state dinner for President Obama at the White House. Exciting. And it was one of the most amazing processes to develop uh, the lighting design for this event in a tent on the South Lawn, uh, some work inside the house, mostly work in, uh, in this structure, um, you know, A-list performer and a big build out and, you know, all, all these things. And I had done some smaller parties and some smaller uh, events and, and some installation work. But this was kind of the big one, the big one that would change the trajectory of me doing special events. And um, that was the first. And I had the great opportunity to do um, six state dinners during the Obama administration. 
in addition to a number of other events and things at the White House and, and then started doing galas and events for everything from not-for-profits, uh, hospitals, to theater, theaters, to performing arts centers um, across the board. Right. And then started doing for-profit events for clients like Intel and Spotify and Lamborghini and Dom Perignon and these larger for-profit organizations launching, uh, you know, initiatives and or products. Uh, and then that all, you know, it started becoming how, how again, cross-genre. We started this conversation uh, early mm -hmm. on today. What is that cross-genre uh, design idea mean? It means taking this theatrical aesthetic, dance, theater, opera, visual art, and bringing it across the board to then the high-end special events. How do I take what I'm doing in dance and apply it to this special event? How do I take what I'm doing in this special event and apply it to a piece of architecture, a building, or a facade, or a lobby interior for a hotel or a restaurant? How do I take what's happening in this hotel uh, uh, lobby and translate that back into a piece of theater, right? So for me, my process for all of these genres, all of these projects, all of these types of work is the same. It's curtain up, it's storytelling, it's how does this make me feel, it's how, how uh, you know, how is it that what is the light doing to inspire a person in their life as they pass through it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that is the same for everything from theater to dance to opera to special events to architecture to interior to, you know, private residence, all the yeah. stuff that we do. So. As, as different as all of those different genres sound, you've seemed... You seem to have found the the underlying ribbon that ties them all together. That is what we're hoping to accomplish through lighting is creating emotion and, you know, we're basically helping people through light. It sounds yeah. like it doesn't I matter what it, the genre is, you're, you're fully embracing that. It's storytelling. When you walk in the front door of your private home, what do you want to say? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. When your guests come to your restaurant, and they come in the door and they are waiting there to be seated and they scan across the room. What do you want to say? Mm -hmm. when, the, when the bride steps into the room and her 300 guests are watching her, what is that moment? What do we want to say? It's all storytelling. Yep. We have the ability to craft everything that you see. And so we have a responsibility, not only a responsibility, but a skyrocketing open opportunity to do so much work. Light is such a beautiful medium to work in. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it touches so many people consciously and subconsciously. Um, I'm just, I'm honored to be a lighting designer. Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's saying a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that you've been awarded properly for your passion and your motivation that the people have recognized what you're doing. That's really inspiring to hear that people can, they're reading your stories basically. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've had some success, but I'm, my success is because I just, you know, 
yeah, okay, I work hard, but I, I love what I do, right? I think that, you know, if I had, as I talk to young people about becoming lighting designers, it's like, look, no matter what you do, if it's lighting or, or scenery or building sets or doing sound or working at Starbucks, whatever it is, <laughs> if you're excited about it and you're passionate about it and you love what you do, you're going to be successful. If you hate what you do, the likelihood of you being successful, I think, is limited. So when it came time to uh, venture out into new uh, genres, and let's say, let's use the state dinner, was it more your gut instinct that drew you to do that? Or did, I know that you could have easily just said, no, you know, I'm, I'm really safe here as a dance designer. That's what I prefer. Thank you for the offer. I, I, you know, that's not really something I want to try. Did you think it was more of a, a gut instinct or was it a, or was it the money in that case? Oh no, it's definitely not the money. Um, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, you know, I built a business and, and, but you know, you don't, you don't go do state dinners for the U S government and think you're going to make a lot of money. It's no, I wouldn't imagine. Know, it is not about that. It's about, you know, having the opportunity to create a moment in U.S. history um, and, and help, you know, our, our nations heal and build relationships as best we can. That, I mean, that is the joy of having the opportunity to work um, at the White House for so many years doing projects yeah. is, is just to be witness to that and to be a tiny, 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 tiny little subconscious uh, um, uh, influence, if you will, for uh -huh. leaders of uh, the leaders of the world, right? So yeah, um, the state dinners. That, that's what it, that's what it was for me. I mean, for me at that moment, um, and still am today. It was about I've never been safe, a safe person. I want to jump in head first, right? I like I said, I want to walk down the dark corridor and do the thing that scares the hell out of me. And that's been the same for me since I was. 23, 24 years old at the beginning of my career when, you know, things started to kind of take off is when the phone calls and now people call because they know, call Al because he's crazy enough to do this. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I love those calls and I still get those calls and I listen to these clients and they say that what they want to do. And in my, the back of my head, I'm going, these people are out of their minds. They, there is no way that this is not, it's gonna, it's no way it's gonna happen. It happens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah, jump in, jump in head first, take chances. Uh, yeah. It always seems impossible until it's done. Man, you do not sound like a, a safe player no, here. It sounds like you're fully I willing love, to just throw some fire on the fire and see what happens. I, you know, just as an example of that, um, uh, uh, last spring, was it last? Yeah, last April, I think it was. I got a call uh, to design a extremely high-end wedding in Mumbai, in India. Okay. Um, uh, multiple six figures budget, right? We're talking Exciting. Hundreds, of, hundreds of millions of dollars. And... Uh, a live performance element and of course rooms and a club and after party and all, you know, but incredibly high end event. Damn. Um, three weeks out. 
Holy shit. Three weeks out. And we're talking about like a major like Cirque du Soleil scale aerialist 400 foot wide stage with a $30 million fountain light show show. Huge, huge, enormous, enormous show. In Mumbai. In Mumbai. Hundreds of moving lights. No, nothing, you know, no knowledge of any of the show at all. Very little information. Um, but can you come, can you help? Right. They, I don't really remember all the details of how they got to me ultimately, but the reality of it is, is they were in trouble and this <laughs> is, you know, it, failure was not an option at that level. Um, no, at that point for them. So here I am, I'm going to Mumbai and we did it. We pulled it off. And it was beautiful and powerful and, and uh, you know, we did everything that we could uh, considering time and resources and, you know, mostly time because there were generally plenty of resources. It was just Mumbai and wow, weeks, right? Um, and uh, that's the kind of stuff that I love. And I was stressed as hell for three <laughs> weeks and, you know, it just about gave me a heart attack or six and... Uh, you know, I, I didn't know if I would get through it, but Roya, we're going to need some more assistance. Uh, get yeah. some more assistance on the phone. Keep, keep them coming, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's the kind of balance of, of control and chaos that has been my whole career. And, uh, that's just the, I like being on the edge and the precipice a bit. And, um, it's the place that I have been. Uh, I don't know coming out of this um that i will be quite as as wild as i was before i believe that i may not have and i don't know i can't say but i believe that i may just uh not want to dive so deep um into stuff that is so stressful maybe for a while okay okay that's just me you know that's me just being having an honest moment with you and yeah. 5,000 of our friends that are listening to this. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Only time will tell if, uh, if, it, if even a pandemic can rein in Al Crawford. Yeah. Uh, really good tequila will get me on an airplane to light just about anything. So. <laughs> I, I, I hear <laughs> you. I want to believe you. I have a hunch that if you got a call tomorrow to do a wedding in Mumbai, same same exact uh, circumstances. I, I have a hunch you would still take it. I think the only difference is you'd have a mask and uh, maybe some hand sanitizer with you. My bag is still packed. <laughs> I have a go bag ready at any moment. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you pretty much could believe I would be on my way to JFK in about 0.2 seconds. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah right. I'm, this, I'm, I'm with you right now. I, I have mixed feelings and i can say some of them are actually contradictory i have contradictory feelings about uh, events these days i want to see people out i want to see them at events i want to see them dancing and enjoying at the same time i want to see that they're doing it safely i want to see that they're Mm -hmm. at least pretending to care about other people and i want to see them maintaining some amount of distance until until we have defeated this i yeah i i I I feel both 
I want to see people partying and drinking and having a good time at shows, and I want them to just stay the hell home for a yeah. little bit longer. I don't know. I, uh, I I'm with you. I have both I, feelings I, I, simultaneously. Me too, brother. I sure do. You know. Yeah. I'm, uh, I've never stopped. Like my whole career, I have never had more than like five days off of mine in 25 years. Wow. So, so I'm in kind of a state of shock. Um, not anymore. I mean, now it's going to be, I'm in a place where it's going to take me a second to rev back up. Right. Cause I'm, you know, I think like many of us, we're just not used to working anymore, you know? Um, so, you know, I got to get used to working again. Like I got to get used to getting up, checking my email and making the calls and seeing what's what and calling my team and looking at plots and teaching class and all the things, you know, all the stuff that I do. So, Oh, that sounds so nice. Doesn't it? it? <laughs> you know, uh, Chris from 180 days ago was like, oh, man, I got to open my email again. But now Chris Lowe's today is like, God, I want to get an email from somebody, anybody. Just, just <laughs> get some emails. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for the first time in the in years, I, my my inbox was at zero uh, not too long ago. It, it's it's back wow. up there, but uh-huh. <laughs> it was. I patted myself on the back in my own office at home. Definitely. So, yeah, we can we can fix that anytime soon. <laughs> Anybody wants to email me about something, let me know. <laughs> Love it, man. So this has been really good. I appreciate you taking the time. We're almost out of time. I have one. I have one last question, and this one uh, will cap off what we were just talking about. Sure. How do we avoid our job, our passion, our you know what we do for a living? How do we avoid that becoming our identity? When it gets taken from us like this, it it's a hard hit. When when. When Al Crawford is the lighting director for Alvin Ailey for 23 years, and then all of a sudden he hasn't been at the Alvin Ailey for a hundred days, mm. how do we, how do we balance that, or how do how do you balance that? That's a that's a question that is hitting home, I think, with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I. I, you know, why not open up, you know, about it in a way that actually can be helpful to people. You know, I think um, I am definitely a reflection of your statement. Like I have spent my life focused on developing, you know, my company and my brand and my art form and not really focusing on Al. And that has been to a detriment to my family, to me, to my relationships, to my marriage, to me personally. And it is something that something like this, where we are forced to stop when we realize that we've done it. Because the thing that we know is ripped away from us. Yeah. The thing that we hide behind is ripped away from us. 
And now there's nowhere to hide, Chris. No. I don't have the gig and the show and the, and the night of illumination and the sword and the articles about all the jobs and the PLSN and the live design and everybody wanting to talk about me and stuff because there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, I'm trying to be funny and serious at the same time. Like this no. is a serious thing. I don't have all that stuff to hide behind right now. And it is terrifying. Yeah. So, so real talk, real talk to people who are out there who are going through this. So am I. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about, how about that for some being open ooh. on your podcast, Chris? Yeah. Al Crawford, <laughs> the, the husband. You heard has, it here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I sh I'm with you. I'm also scared. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I want to say I'm, more optimistic but i think you and i are both uh adults and man enough to say you know what i'm i'm scared as shit i'm i'm scared shitless mm -hmm. I'm, I'm nervous i am but i'm I, i'm doing the un irresponsible thing and trying to ignore it <sighs> <laughs> how about that wow <laughs> right that's i mean I have no control over it. So all I can do is be prepared to jump. And yes, like we said earlier in this podcast, uh, have the ability to be flexible and to change course and to rethink the way I do things. Right. You know, I'm just being honest with you. Like it um, is, <laughs> I mean, people who know me and listen to this, are, their heads are going to melt, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's not healthy. Anything that's going on during this pandemic is not. No. Right. And it has not been healthy for me, you know, but I, I see some light, you know, I see um, to kind of turn this back on a bright moment to close out here. Um, I do. I see some light that is renew. I see a new way. I hope to see a new way of working. I hope to see incredible young new artists uh, who are, now in school, uh, I hope that they are inspired to think in a different way so that they can continue to create. I don't want to see a gap in new incredible artists coming out of these programs because of this pandemic. That terrifies me because, you know, our theaters and our programs and, uh, and light, we need beautiful light artists to continue to be coming out. And so I'm trying to support young people. Anytime a young designer calls me in, they're just graduating or they're going into their senior year and they're terrified because all this is going on. Like they're training to do a, a job that, that even a guy like me isn't, doesn't have any work. Can you imagine how terrifying that is? Right. And so yes, I try, uh, I try to be as supportive um, to them as I humanly can be. And that those kind of conversations, honestly, Chris, are what's getting me through this. And, um, yeah. I mean, again, love what I do. I don't know what it's going to look like when we come out on the other side. I'm excited to see what the arts and live entertainment looks like. Um, and uh, I'm excited to work again. I am someday. <laughs> Same. If anybody wants Al Crawford to light something, please call me. I'll be here. I'm ready. I got a backpack. You know. <laughs> we'll work for peanuts or maybe cashews. How about that?
I, I do love some good cashews. <laughs> peanuts, are, peanuts won't do it. Cashews, at least. I'm not. I am a pre- I'm a premium peanuts. nut guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Al, thank you so much for making time. I'm going to call my therapist and say, like, I don't need to talk today. I I had my dose of reality, and I and I got to I got to really have a moment already today. So I think I. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad you can send the $300 check to uh, 3245. <laughs> you have definitely <laughs> expanded your, your scope uh, to Alco- a uh, ARC3 uh, therapy. And uh, uh, you can put it those or Maybe lines. you need therapy after our conversation. I don't know. <laughs> you and Luke can sit out there with your little $5 uh, advice. Uh, I love it. Sign. So, so. Good. Thank Anytime. you so much, Al. I really appreciate this. My pleasure. Have a great rest of your day. 